This morning's Dharma talk is titled, No Comment. That's it. <laughs> so I basically am talking about the same thing all the time. I just talk about it in this direction, that direction, this direction, that direction. Um, maybe not always, but quite a bit. And what I'm trying to encourage and get everyone to do, to practice, if they will, if they can, is to just see what's happening. Uh, the self-centered mind, the ego mind, the uh, Yogacara would call it the seventh consciousness, or the klesha mind, or the confused mind, the paranoid mind, the hope and fear mind, the mind that thinks something need, good needs to happen, something bad needs to go away. This is a problem because it causes the mind to go like this. Uh, and the, the degree to which it does that is the, the degree to which you are, no matter how you feel, you're crazy because you're going in circles. Everybody's heard of that. That's not even a, is that Sanskrit? I don't think so. Going in circles. So no comment. What I'm endeavoring to do, to promote, to encourage, is anytime you're doing anything, is don't add to it. Give it a chance to manifest as it is. Sometimes that's called patience. You can, you can wait until whatever you're looking at, that you're so tempted to judge or analyze, interpret, or like see a, a simple thing that happens to all of us, we see somebody having a problem with something and we immediately want to give them advice on what they should do based on our what, uh, confusion or based on that we're tired of our own confusion, but we can certainly help you with yours. So no comment doesn't mean that, that something won't come up. So, But if it comes up spontaneously, this is called, uh, the fancy word is pratita samutpada, is dependent origination. It means that everything is dependently arisen, every single little tiny item. No matter how small, no matter how large, is dependent on everything else. Uh, there is a hierarchy, Chung Purimpache called it natural hierarchy. The, the roots are in the ground, the leaves are in the sky. It's a natural situation for that to occur. Same thing with families, same thing with governments and states, communities and so on, tribes, etc. Sometimes those work really well, and sometimes confusion migrates to the top. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> and this doesn't mean that you are going to be able to totally stop commenting. That's not going to happen. On the other hand, if you endeavor to, to not comment, then your awareness goes to that area of the, of the mind or the brain or the consciousness or whatever the hell that is, and observes that happening and observes the, the knee-jerk, spontaneous, uh, kind of almost like a, a reflex to it, to do something about it, stop it, start it, begin it, slow it down, judge it. It's good, it's bad, it shouldn't be, it should be. We have a whole uh, toy box full of that stuff. We keep throwing it out on everything rather than what? Receive, give everything your attention, look everything right in the eye. And I'm not going to say don't flinch. And I'm saying you may need to flinch. You may need to, you may need to pause. You may, pardon me, you may need to take a break in order to be really direct. You may be able to stop looking at something. You may need to do that. What do I call this? Wall gazing. Take a break from your, your turmoil, uh, the spinning of your everyday life. Don't get rid of it. There is everyone. We have some monks here, but everybody's basically, uh, in some sense, as a householder. We're, we're, we're born in the West. We're in a modern, so-called society, culture. Um, we're not in ancient China, Japan, India. We don't want to 
ignore that, but we also don't necessarily want to bring something to the fore, to the front, into our situation just because it's ancient. Some things that are ancient are crazy, confused. So we need to look, drill down deep, and everything that shows up, take nothing for granted. Don't believe a word I say. Why do you think I say that? Why do you say I think? Don't, why do you say I, why do you think I say, don't believe a word I say? I don't want you to do that. That's disrespectful to not only this person, but to your own intelligence. Don't do it. Take nothing for granted. I can't say that enough or loud enough. I don't want to say it too loud because uh, it won't work too well. People will run away. But what I mean that I'm not saying that you don't that we don't have a tendency to just grasp on and just immediately, spontaneously, impulsively just believe something without really we don't even know we believe we, that we're believing it because we just think that what we're looking at is what it is. No, it's what we believe it is. If you see what something actually is, whether it's another person, whether it's your the floor in your bedroom, uh, whether, whether it's the cat trying to get in from outside, if you know what it is, I'm, you have to reflect on this for a while, and you probably aren't going to be able to understand this unless, unless, unless there is a strong meditation practice, a strong awareness practice that is not grasping, not rejecting, not shutting down. There's the three poisons. If you see something and you, and you, you think you know what it is, this is belief. So it's very, very subtle. It gets more and more and more and more and more subtle until something snaps. Or it doesn't snap. It might not make a noise at all. It might just be uh, just suddenly the breeze changes from this direction to that direction. And you no longer are uh, in the chain of your or the cage of your afflictions, as Nagarjuna so aptly put it in the first century thereabouts. Most people... Anyone in this room probably realizes that they're chained up in some way and are, are held by beliefs and ideas and opinions and, and trapped by emotions that come up from who knows where, that, that maybe we used to blame this or that, and now we've, we're starting to see that maybe the, the cause of this is much deeper than that. Bingo. Isn't that the name of a dog? <laughs> Bingo was his name? <laughs> what? <laughs> the comedian is back. <laughs> he, he had two jokes yesterday that took attention away from me. I didn't think I liked that. They were really funny too. <laughs> they were. That's the sad part about it. It was really true. <laughs> but you had help. Dependent origination. Yeah. And nothing rises to the top, but boom. If it rises to the top, uh, as something other than that, you should look closely. Look closely. This is what I'm emphasizing. What I'm emphasizing. What I'm saying is, whatever arises in your mind stream, don't don't take it for granted. Don't accept. Don't reject. Don't look away. Just train your mind so you can see clearly what that is. So you can see deeply. If you see deeply into what that is, and you discover the truth that's here, and not uh, in a book, not in another person. Uh, not anywhere, but it's here. And it's not just your heart chakra or your blood pumping organ. It's This is just a way of talking about it. Maybe over here. Then you won't be conflicted about anything. It doesn't mean there won't be conflicts coming and going. You're in the world. You're alive. Hopefully. You're breathing. You breathe food, need oxygen. Just trying to see who's listening. So... No comment. So when you do, the idea here is you're, uh, if say you're uh, sitting at, facing a wall, you're doing sitting meditation, and uh, anything that arises, no comment. 
And if there is a comment, just watch the comment. And don't add to the comment with another comment I shouldn't be commenting. Or I shouldn't be commenting about the commenting. I thought about it, thought about it, thought about it, thought. We do it all the time. It's not nothing new about it. If you reflect on it, you can see that we're constantly stacking up. It's like lumber. You know, you're not going to be able to see the ground because the lumber the yard is all full of all of your ideas about the world instead of the world. Don't miss your life. You can actually live your life no matter how miserable it is. If I can be miserable, you can too. You guys have a big surprise coming. It may be a really good one and it may suck. Or maybe both. Get ready. And I'm not even trying to be cute. That's why I'm not cute. <laughs> but I'm highly motivated to convey this to each of you because there's uh, all the suffering that we're going through in our lives. We, tr we try to, even though we've heard this over and over and over in the Dharma, we, we try to turn away from that, try to find out a way to get away from that. We try to lay, put a, a garbage can lid on it called a label to say what it is, where it came from, who did it, why it should happen, why it shouldn't happen, how I can get rid of it and what the next door neighbor told me to do about it. So I highly recommend that you stop complaining about everything, unless it's to your spouse, and that's okay. <laughs> and what I'm saying there is, uh, because if you do that, what we're doing is we're shedding the, the negativity by doing that. And there's nothing wrong. It's not, not like an evil, bad thing, horrible, and you're not going to be condemned. It just, it just extends the time uh, in which you're uh, in training your mind uh, that it's going to be before you understand this. It's just a tacit understanding. It's not a big flashy flash in the sky, lightning bolt uh, awakening. Very simple. You can miss it. You will miss it unless you're training your mind because it's coming and going. Everything is in a cycle. If you're in a human form, which looks like everybody is, uh, then everything is cyclic. The moon's going around, the earth is going around, the sun, everything's going around night and day, good and bad, up and down, back and forth. So isn't it interesting how we think everything should be okay? And once things get difficult, instead of just seeing that that's just part of the cycle, you're just, you're just, it's just a cycle, it's just a cycle of coming and going. <clears throat> so no comment. What the comment does, as I, the metaphor I used before, was the putting a lid on something, uh, even if it's accurate, uh, even if somebody has really done something that's really terrible and you put a lid on that, it's not so much about not doing that. It's about seeing if you can just see that you do that, then that very, the very uh, quality of consciousness starts to become very, very observant, especially when it doesn't interfere. How do you make friends with the world? Make friends with this. If you, if you make friends with this, you, have, you have, don't have an enemy anywhere. This doesn't mean you don't blow your stack next week about somebody doing something, but it's, there's something different about it. Because the stack gets blown out of dependent origination, out of causes and conditions that arise everywhere all the time, in your <clears> gut, <throat> in the sky, in the earth, uh, in your house pets. Everything is dependent on everything else for its apparent bark, for its apparent individuality. It's, it's, it's there, and you have a relationship to it, but the, the relationship is not what you think it is. You think you're separate from your pets. You th your pets know better. <laughs> Especially goats. Anybody have any goats? Too bad. <laughs> Questions? Yuzan. Where does looking closely come from? The intention, the understanding of this, that we, we no, shouldn't take anything for granted. Even, even this teaching is, is we, this teaching is meant to help you. You have to read, you have to study. We have the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha, but it's meant to help you look 
uh, for lack of a better word, within. But sit down, hold still, and just you're in retreat, even if it's only for 20 minutes. You're, you, you've disconnected. You've disconnected the uh, food processor mind, and you're going to sit down and watch all the junk that was in it fall to the bottom, so to speak. Just watch what moves. So the intention, if I'm uh, meeting your question where it's at, it's, it's the intention to be, uh, to be clear. And it's the intention to not suffer and to help others not suffer. But you have to look at a big picture because if you do limited not suffering, then you become the great person who's helping people not suffer. This is bullshit. Can I say that on YouTube? Mm-hmm. Yeah, good. President does. President. What, what president? No, go ahead. What has the intention? Pardon me? What has the intention? It's just the intention. It's just Buddha nature. It just looks like a person. It might start out as the ego mind who wants to get better, who wants to be enlightened. It starts out as that. I say, don't bother get, getting rid of your ego. That's that's a waste of time. You're not going to get rid of an illusion. Like trying to get you get, getting rid of something that doesn't even exist, doesn't have any solid. It's not authentic. It's not solid. Go ahead. Shoto, you had a question? When you talk about no comment, um, it seems to be there's a little bit of say so we have on a knee jerk comment, but as we sit, there's, there still seems to be a a commenting that happens all on its own. Does that spontaneous commenting still cover something up? Doesn't matter. There isn't anything to cover up, but that, that has to be seen. I mean, I can make that statement if you do, but you have to actually see it that nothing is separate. As long as there's an assumption that things are separate, then the cover-ups, then the charade works, then the stage play works as reality. It's a play. It's a play. And I sometimes use the metaphor of the stage. And I say, get off the stage. At least get into the first row. Sit down, relax, and watch. Watch your life. Don't ignore it. Don't close the curtain. Don't run out of the theater. But don't necessarily uh, be on stage unless you're called. Unless, oh, you need to come up here now. You'll know. Especially if you're watching what's happening. You'll know when it's time for you to come in, uh, take your part, and when it's time to go back and sit in the front row. Just just an image. Don't you I think one of the first things you said was that the self-centered or confused mind is a problem. Mm-hmm. Does that mean something needs to be done with it? You just need to see that it's problematic. It hurts. It's painful. But it's, there's, you can't fix it because it's unreal. So you can't find the mechanism. And when it's unreal, uh, you, know, you can fix the table. If uh, I broke this glass back there, the, the only way you can really fix that is get all new glass. I didn't mean to. I rarely break things on purpose, except for that one time. Remember that? <laughs> More. Go ahead. If I start to feel a particular emotion, like embarrassment, and then my body has responses, like my cheeks get flushed or mm-hmm. something like that, yes. um, is that bodily response commentary? No. No, it's just dependent. It's just dependent on on uh on the, the both the clarity and the lack of clarity on what is going on in the consciousness of what 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 is moving as far as forms in the consciousness so you don't have to do anything with it isn't that great think about it you don't have to you don't have to be anybody else but yourself you can have the feelings you can have you have the emotion you can have the prejudice that you have not to get rid of anything please don't bother to do that what should you bother with sit down hold still Watch what moves and train the mind so that when you get up off the cushion in what we call post-meditation or everyday life, however you want to say it, uh, that you are clear. Anything that shows up 
you've been training your mind to watch. You've, you, you've trained using your own thought patterns coming and going, coming and going. You're not grasping them. You're not rejecting them. Passion, aggression, and you're not shutting down or ignoring them. Ignorance, so you you get so you can actually do that in your everyday situation. You're no longer believing anyone, disbelieving anyone. You're no longer taking a position. Yeah, opinions are useless. You don't need an opinion. That's the opinion is the uh, what can I come up with here? Opinion is uh, not good. You don't need a position on it. Actually, this is a position on anything. This is fear. The ego has fear, so it takes positions and has opinions and has judgments and ideas. Even those intelligent, erudite, Harvard scholars have intense opinions. I'm not doing anything with their intelligence. Of course, their intelligence intelligent, but their downside of the intelligence is they use that to cover up reality. The reality can't be uh, not a series of thought patterns that are inter intricately woven together to produce a thesis. It's this. And if you don't see it, then you might need to practice. Say to um, If we watch long enough, will that lumber pile of opinions that are blocking our view eventually thin out? So I'm asked that question in so many different ways. That's why I use different metaphors. Here's what will happen, as far as I know. It might not. So it might get bigger. It could get smaller. No guarantee of anything. It could get worse. So I can't. But what I can say from the way it looks, uh, what happens is uh, you have to look at what that is. And then when you see that it is untrue, that it's not true, it's an illusion, then you also see, or you may see one before the other, then you also see that the one who is observing that is unreal, that there is no solid being anywhere. And the lumber pile, and then the interesting thing, and this is why I sometimes laugh about it, because it's a, because then you see that the, the that you've been fooled by this. You've been fooled by this mirage and thinking it was solid and real. It had to be fixed. But it's dependent. It's coming from, could have come from the 13th century. Some lifetime happened then. Maybe it was yours. Maybe it was somebody else's. It doesn't matter. There's no solid being anywhere. It just looks like it. And it looks like it intensely. It looks like they have really intense problems. And I'm using that metaphor of lumber covering up the yard, covering up the ground. But if you see what it is, then it, it both... Uh, it might vanish, it might not, but the one who was seeing that or witnessing that uh, is no longer real. And so this is called realization. This is called freedom. There's no other word from it. It's not freedom from something. It's not freedom to do something. It's fundamental freedom. You're no longer separate from anything. There's nowhere to go. There's nowhere to come. Uh, all, all the cages fall apart. Allow uh, the bow to be with all things, save all beings. The very best thing you can do for yourself, suffering is to help others. Don't try to get rid of your suffering. Don't be, don't be foolish about it. Don't, don't be childish about trying to get what you want. And at the same time, don't shut down on that feeling because you need to witness, observe that situation. Questions? Joseph? What is intention? How does it look like to you? What does it look like? Don't say too much because... My first instinct is observation. Well, that's pretty good. Okay, you just answered your own question. Nobody else should do that, though. <laughs> You have more about there's something else you're, you want to know about that? Well, was, when your response to him was happy. Use that? Okay. Um, so I, I just noticed that I fool myself sometimes and think I'm intending it. So. Oh, that's laziness. Did you need a word? <laughs> when I say lazy, that's not, that's not, a, that's not a, a criticism. It's just, uh, just not wanting to be bothered kind of thing. Does that fit or am I off on that? Okay.
goes on. Can there be intention without desire to want things different? On a certain level, yes. At some point, the intention just takes over, and then there's no desire around it. Just uh, in, in our, I'm not saying we own it, but in, in our lineage, this is called the vow. The vow that transcends karma is a vow to be with all things. Save all beings is the personalized way to do it. And it's not something you do. It's something you are. And when you are that, then then you're, you're not concerned with outcomes anymore. You're not concerned with past and future anymore. You're not even concerned with your own, with perpetuating your own life. It doesn't mean you won't eat. It doesn't mean you won't get the hell out of the traffic. It doesn't mean that you'll continue to play with broken glass. More? In this example that you gave, is it the intention dependent on the vow? To begin with. To begin with, there's some kind of understanding that starts to arise from the Buddha, from the lineage, from the teachings. Something starts to shift in there where we we we, we find ourselves just like you did. I mean, I'm going to take your... Uh, uh, have your uh, biography here, particularly, but you know you found you could not continue to do what you uh, what you were doing, and you know. Uh, and if I were to ask, which I might have asked, why, but probably didn't insist on it. I don't need a reason for anything. And so you've been on your monk. I just stumble into this. You know, your life is not your own anymore. You have to Gary do it. Some, did it. Huh? Gary. Gary. He said, "Come to this retreat." And there. Oh, Gary. <laughs> yeah. Gary thought he'd get free of it, but he's mm. he's still in Roxy too. Oops. Hmm? Oops. Well, you got his rock so done? Oh, that's the one. Yeah. <laughs> that's one of those things on my table that says, get this done. <laughs> it's a sticky note on it. Gary, give Gary a name. I have a name for Gary, but I'm not going to tell you. Question from Shane in California. Yes. Is there an aha moment associated with awakening? Yes and no. And I'll explain that. Uh, the aha comes from maybe a glimpse. Might have a glimpse of that where everything just stops looking like something else. And so you can show up. And what happens is the ego is still uh, not exactly in the front row. It jumps out, jumps on the stage and wants to be part of that, part of that aha. But the wisdom mind or your Buddha nature, your the Tathagatagarbha, doesn't care one way. It doesn't care whether it's awake or not, because that's a concept used uh, in samsara or in the ego's world. But actual, uh, the truth, uh, as you've heard it said before, that Buddhas and sentient beings are not two different, two names for the same thing. It's just that one realizes who they are and the other one is confused about it. So there could be an aha. Is it Shane? So it could be an aha, but uh, it might have a few ahas, but, uh, you know, and uh, Zen tradition is called... Uh, can show uh, insight in, insight into your true nature. That may happen if it's uh, the other word uh, for enlightenment is a satori or samadhi or anutra samyak sambodhi or all the other fancy words, but it's just uh, uh, you're no longer confused. Or the other word is you're, you just you saw the chains and you stepped out of them or they fell off. Or it, it, the interesting thing about it is that uh, it's been said and, and uh, in so many ways, it's it's not something you really do. It's something you stop doing. <laughs> you stop chaining yourself up. And so it feels like you didn't really do anything. You just noticed that the that the house is burning down and you got out of it. And then the other people are still in there burning. So you might have to run back in and uh, help them. So it's, it's like grace. That's why, because when you see it, it's so simple. It is not a conclusion. If it's a conclusion, you've just covered it up with your ideas about it. So you're, you'll continue to spin. 
You might have a high level of spending. You might wear a robe. Uh, you know, you might be a unicorn. I mean, you might be some fancy person, but that's circular too. I don't care if you're the king of the universe. Uh, as long as there's a, a grasping at a human being, a human body, a human consciousness, some kind of existence or um, probably not going to work. Now, there are other traditions, other teachers. There's teachers in the Soto lineage that will talk about this differently. I have no argument with anyone. This is just uh, between me and you guys. Ed. mentioned earlier a vow transcends karma. What, what do you mean by that? So if you if you if you give yourself uh, up to just saving all beings, be be with all things and save people, help people. It doesn't mean you have to. Uh, it doesn't mean you meddle with them or interfere with them without their permission. There has to be a mutuality, a, 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 a communication, a lot of receiving, uh, about ninety percent, and a lot of uh, cooperation with the person, and then a lot of collaboration. So you can't save someone who is not ready to step out, step out long enough to even have a conversation. But if you do that, then your own self-centeredness starts to, uh, by your intention to be with all things, uh, then your own self-centeredness starts to, you could say from the point of view of ego, tends to dissolve. And from the point of view of reality, just just falls in line with the natural dance of the universe, dependent origin. You just become another thing that's in motion, except your intention is actually going to uh, helping people. So that's the same thing as generating merit? So generating merit has coming from a different tra tradition. I'm not, I think oh. merit is a little bit different tradition. That's all. It's not, we do it in this. We, we ask in our situation, we ask for merit, well, for ourselves sometimes, but usually it's for others, you know, and uh, this doesn't mean that when you're, um, when you're helping people or working for people or putting others before yourself, which doesn't mean, as I said before, you do away with your own welfare. You have to be okay yourself before you can take care of others or help others. Uh, but there might be merit in that. But from the point of view of the Bodhisattva, he, she, they are not interested in merit particularly. So it's a, it's a, it's a, uh, comes from a different level, not a lower level, a different level. And some people, you know, don't misunderstand that. Some people need to work with it that way. And so it's very important. And without people who are working with that way, in that way, uh, then uh, then they don't have an entrance to this. So everybody, I think everybody starts out in different ways. It's it, it's very. This is why there's so many teachers. It's as far as I'm concerned, why the Buddha stepped out of when he passed on. He didn't leave a lot of clues about what should be happen what should be happening next. What was a hundred years after you were just reading about it? Hundred years after he passed, then some of the descendants of his uh, students uh, formed what eighteen different schools. And that, that's intentional. He wasn't trying to protect against that. So there's lots of different lifeboats. And, and, you know, if you're in this room, then this, at least for the, for the rest of this hour, uh, this is probably makes some sense to you for a while. Juzan. Can things get in the way of intention? Uh, you can think that they do. You can add things up. Well, I can't do this because of that. But if you, anytime you separate from what's happening into a story about what's happening, then you're, you're interfering with it yourself. I mean, you're, you're, you're actually cre creating and establishing and reifying a self that is just having a hard time with this. I'm not mocking it. I'm just saying sometimes that happens. More? Question from Laura in Traverse City. Laura. Is the decision to not watch TV shows and news programs a form of ignorance? 
That's, a, that's an excellent question. I would say it's it's completely in your might be a time when anyone here or you, Laura, might have to do that. And I would say, do, do you're you're the one who's there, as Atisha said uh, back in the um, thousand years ago. Said of the two, uh, keep the principal witness. So that means that of the two, you and everything else, you're, you're the one. Even even the teacher, if they're a true teacher, are not going to step that far into your life, unless you know. Uh, there again, the, the causes and conditions have to be different. The person has to be. Uh, if someone is, uh, um, might make some difference if someone was uh, living in a monastery as a monk and was ordained and uh, and asked that, then even then I would have to think about that particular person's practice and situation, how they were handling their life, what they were having difficulty with, and so on. And if they were asking me, then I might respond in different ways. And I could say, cut back on it, I or I would say, no, I think you should keep, you should just keep loading up on it news or whatever and so it's 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 very um the whole idea about this very very situational just with everything and this is something the government and big organizations don't want to deal with that even even organizations of buddhism want to have solid rules so that you have strong containers for everything so we don't lose, lose track of anything why is that fear fear of losing track fear of losing it'd be like if i made a bunch of rules here which i don't have many but fear that the monastery would come apart unless I make really strong rules that could be uh, similar to a prison rule. So in that situation, Laura, I would say, just look at your own uh, reaction to what's happening and use that as a Dharma gate. Use your reactions as someone gets on and makes a, says something that is very uplifting and, and good and sounds positive and helpful, however you want to say it, and you feel good about that, you like that person, their, their talk. Another person comes on who is totally... Uh, twisted out of shape, and then there's all the nuances in between. And then just watch what your emotions do. It's a, it's a practice. It's not a conclusion, not a result. If you have results and conclusions, I'm not saying you don't have some. Relatively, a lot of things look like conclusions and look like results. But nothing lasts, and ultimately, nothing starts. Further questions? In what ways do we use the three poisons to take things for granted? It's more specific. I can see how if we're ignoring something, it's easier to see for me how we're taking it for granted. But how would going into passion or going into aggression also be taking that situation for granted? You're coming to a conclusion about it uh, in some way that it needs to, that you're, it's triggering your anger about it. And it would, there again, it would be, be very, very individual. One person's anger, uh, so, uh, we just want to be. Um, we want to be simplistic in, in, a, in a way that's not so helpful. I think the way to be simplistic is sit down, hold still, watch what moves. Pretty simple. And do a lot of it. Whereas that kind of simplicity is, is not wanting to see the complications, the causes and conditions that, are, that have roots that we can't even trace. You can't find blame anywhere. So we want to cover that up with anger. Uh, sometimes the buried anger that I've talked about before, we're not willing to look at. And we don't even know is there... Uh, at least consciously, we don't know it's there until something comes along and at the same vibration and triggers that. And suddenly we're erupting in anger about something that happened that we feel like has caused from out there when that was just a simple trigger. Uh, it's not that it wasn't maybe difficult or whatever, but if there wasn't that buried situation, you would see more clearly that that person is having difficulty in their life. And so they're doing something that's triggering you or doing something that is uh, disrespectful or something like that rather than immediately 
leaping onto that as they're wrong and they're bad. So I'm not sure if I if I addressed your question that clearly or not. What does it mean to take something for granted? Look at it and conclude. Just just take it for granted. It's going to be that way. So don't don't settle for anything. Everything everything is a mystery, and not some kind of a you know. Uh, romantic kind of thing. I'm just saying you don't fundamentally know what things are. You know what they do. You know how they look. You know what color they are. Now, that's a blue shirt. That's a red shirt. So we use that to, to because of our, our relative knowledge, we use that as kind of a, what you, a smoke screen for the ultimate truth, which is you're, you're in the middle of a, of a huge uh, space, incredibly gigantic space. And that's, that's the path quality of it, the space. Um, the fruition is no space. Space is extra. That's a concept. And it's based on what? Relative truth. <laughs> Go ahead. No? Any other questions? Yes. So we're going to... What would it look like to not comment on awareness? On what happens in the awareness? I guess the quality of awareness. Uh, what would it look like? Uh, you may feel more bewildered but the feeling or looking at the bewilderment is the path to realization. So no comment. Thank you for bringing me back to the title of the top reader. There's no comment. If you can do that, and everyone here, if you're even listening, listening to this at all, if it doesn't make sense, or, don't worry about it. Forget everything I said. I mean it. Don't, don't have to remember it. But if, but if something registers with you a little bit, then, then look at that, the way you've been handling the negativity uh, as it comes up and using a, a comment or just a little, uh, there I go again, or I don't like that, or why am I? The question one is the most circular. If you ask, if you feel bad, if you wake up tomorrow morning and feel kind of uh, uh, maybe depressed or some anxiety, and you give it any name, any title at all, that all investigation has ceased, and you're stuck with that for however long that lasts, you'll rotate around having a little mini uh, conversations with yourself about what's happening, what you should do, what you shouldn't do, what you could do. Could take a walk, could have some tea, uh, could uh, go check the mousetraps. You have mousetraps? Somebody's got them. Yes. In that situation where we might not name something that feels negative, um, but we have relevant things to do, like a, a work task or something like that, oh. is there an investigation that's separate from just watching how that comes into the work situation? If I'm understanding you, I would say correctly. I would say not, not particularly. What you're adding is is uh, what you the way I see it. What you're adding is the simple is the simplicity of the situation is bothersome because it doesn't lead to results. So I would take that back into what impatience. Are you impatient? <laughs> Problem solved. <laughs> and again, all you have to do is look at it. You don't have to be, you can't really be patient because if you be patient as a success, then ego feeds off that kind of stuff and you build up a mindfulness person who's quite aware, quite more aware and wants to get other people to practice mindfulness. You're not going to find any propaganda here. If you were to say to me, I don't really want to meditate. And I said, well, don't. I even tell my meditators, when I say my meditators, I'm saying not mine, but people that talk to me about meditation, they say, I don't feel like meditating. I'm not going to try to convince them to do that. Maybe you should take a year off. I've had people take months off meditate. I mean, just they don't want to meditate. And then quite often they come back around and say, I'm meditating now. <laughs> and I say, so. <laughs> Michael? 
Another dude. Another. Another. Has such suffering that they're going to do something hurtful to themselves or someone else. Okay, it's a it's a kind of a generic question, and it would be again very very situational. There might be times when you or report them, or I mean, there's all kinds of things that could happen. But I, this quite often, this is all you have to do is be in the room with a person. We all just want company. We just want to be with somebody. But sometimes we have too much pride to be able to say that. We have too much, and sometimes we, sometimes people who are really desperate and lonely make a lot of racket, and they talk a lot, and they fill up the space with all kinds of comments and ideas and everything in there and they're suffering deeply that's probably the person that's gonna <laughs> the most likely do do something that is uh, uh, not very skillful shall we say uh, but if it's somebody close to you I think a lot of we've talked about some about this before just just hang out just be with, spend time with with that person and and don't don't argue with their with their with their ideas or their don't take exception. And don't, uh, and also here I'm giving me a lot of do's and don'ts. You ask the question. So uh, I'd say spend some time with them and ha have put yourself in the same kind of situation they're in. Of what, what would you do if you had these intense feelings that are causing this kind of eruption where they're just they're miserable and they're trying to kind of, uh, you know, it depends on your relationship to them. Sometimes people try to dump it on you if they can and blame you for how they're feeling. Just take it, just, just receive it. I'm not saying you might not feel resentful or irritated by it, but. You can handle that. Take both of them. Take their negative feelings and your irritation about the negative feelings. Take both of those. Not mechanically. Not riding the breath. Not, not tongue-lin. Just, just receive it. Go ahead. Is there such a thing then as moral obligation? Well, there's the concept. But the, the, the problem I, I would have with that is the tendency is to jump to that, you know, whatever that is called. What is that called? A plat not a platitude, but... A, uh, anybody have a word for that? Standard. Yeah, I like that. So it's some kind of a standard, and then when we have a standard, immediately that shuts down all the aware awareness around the specifics or the very subtle differences in that particular situation. And we tend to close off, and then we tend to condemn or judge or say, well, I have an obligation, or you have an obligation to take care of that. You shouldn't be avoiding that. It's like when people are telling us what we should do with our health or anything else. Or, or our meditation, without without uh, without giving them permission, based on their could be on their wisdom, could be on their craziness. So, but that, that's a good that's a good question. I, I would say uh, I would say give it some time. If if something is showing up as in your mind, like I think I have a moral obligation to do this, uh, unless it's a something falling over and there's somebody laying under it and there's somebody gonna. I have a moral obligation to risk my life to pull that person out of the way of the falling telephone pole. Although now they're just electric poles and not telephone poles. So how is a moral obligation different from a vow? Mm -hmm. So the vow is uh, all in it's every direction. The moral obligation is specific to this or to that, where the vow is be with all things. The simple way is be with all things. The other one is save all beings. Someone's suffering. Maybe the, if you if you're, have, a, have a strong awareness practice and someone is suffering, you probably will sense how much you need to step into that person's territory. I mean, you might, it could show up as just, I need some help. And you could just say, well, what's up? Tell me about it. And you might find out. You might find that the best thing for that person to do based on your seeing it is to have them go to a therapist. They need somebody to talk to a lot. If they can, uh, maybe it's you. Maybe it's a professional person. 
I mean, there's so many variables that it would be better rather than have a have a standard like you were saying, a moral obligation to do that. That kind of blocks out the the, pers- the simple, very simple individual personal situation that you're looking at with some kind of a rule or protocol, and that might cause you because you're obeying that. Then you might buy into your hope and fear and all the mentation that's been going in your life since you were born about right and wrong and all the cultural uh, horse manure that's uh, been going on, uh, has been dumped on us by not, you know, they didn't mean to maybe our parents and our society. And so when we start buying into all those rules and everything, and we've totally, we don't even know who's in front of us anymore or what's going on with them. And at the same time to further complicate it, that person's own karma is, is rotating and fluctuating and changing all that time at this at the same time. So you've got so many causes and conditions, you know, that's why they call it the 10,000 things, which is a understatement. Uh, you, you can't, you can't trace it. You can't find the original cause for anything. And so that's why it's very helpful to anyone who wishes to live a sane, uplifted life uh, to uh, no comment. Just, just this, it's just this. Yes. Nothing to do. Nothing to do. Nothing to say. And this is, this doesn't mean you won't do stuff, but there's no, there's no, you're not buying into the impulse for things. Yes. Question from Kevin in Virginia. Are emotions a kind of mouse trap? What kind? Are emotions a kind of mouse trap? <laughs> Be really careful here. Uh, let's see. What kind of mice? <laughs> <laughs> Let me contemplate this for Okay, I got it. I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> And part of it's I, I, I catch the images and everything, but uh, well, I will address it. I'll say that it may show up that way if it a mousetrap snaps. And if, it, if, it, if it's that kind of a snapping where it's instant, then there could be some kind of thing because it's so quick that it catches you and you, you, it's got, you, can't, you can't move because the emotion is so intense. So if it is a triggered emotion that has been stored and hidden away and something else out here uh, ca- uh, causes you to uh, what, snap, then then it's that kind of a, then I would say it's that, it could be a, like a mousetrap that way, it could catch you. Whereas if it's a, if it's a more gradual emotion that is coming out, uh, that is not uh, triggered, in other words, you're clear about what this is, if there's some clarity about this, then the emotion doesn't belong to anyone. There is no one that, that has the emotion. So then the emotion even could be anger, it could be fear. This is why it's so difficult because the ego has a, an idea that you, if you're clear and you're what enlightened or something, that you won't have any emotions. So you'll be flat, or you'll you'll just totally cool all the time, and never have open fear, or never have anything. It doesn't quite work that way. So then, so in that area, there's really no there's no trap quality. Even though emotions could come up, but they don't have, they can't find anybody. Ah! There's an emotion. So who did that? That was kind of fun. <laughs> but just when I do that, because it wasn't, it was acting, but it's also, I actually, I know where those emotions are. I can just bring them up. But since I did that, I still have an afterburn. That as soon as I do that, because it wasn't an act, it was emotion. Uh, I can feel it. There's a residual. It's like, a, a, you know, uh, it's like a rocket going through your body. And, and you can feel it afterwards. There's kind of like, ah, uh, so um, I don't feel real comfortable right now. But I don't feel bad. Uh, the last time that I had a really severe case of that was with Kozan at the car dealer. When Kozan and I were there, and the car dealers were trying to cheat Kozan. <laughs> I think we watched that four hours. He said, 
24 hours before. And we both exploded at the same time. On the opposite ends of the day. She, she was down there, and I was over here, and I just got really mad at the clerk and started yelling at them and, you know, that kind of stuff. And interesting, he, he was just very cool. <laughs> no reaction at all. He was trying to sell cars. <laughs> he knew he had to relate to the clients where they were. <laughs> Pretty good at it. But but there was a afterburn act when I sat in the car. I was kind of exhausted after that. But there, it's not it's not a right or wrong. You're just you're just operating. There may be karma that needs to surface. Don't get in the way of your life. Miss don't miss your life. Don't stop things. I mean, don't don't kill anybody. Don't 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 kill yourself. Don't kill anyone else. Don't hurt anybody if you can help it. But if you if living your life directly, thoroughly, completely, and generously, give everything your attention generously. Give everything your attention. And then you won't, you know, any confusion that's still residual that's coming and going there, uh, you'll you'll spot it. And you'll be, what, responsible for it. The ability to respond, you'll be able to actually own, be your own, your own negativity. You know, some, some toothaches are never going to go away. But you won't care because there isn't anyone there. When I say there isn't anyone there, I'm not saying there isn't something happening there. But it's not a solid, uh, ongoing personality individual anymore. Yes. Maybe feeding into the on and off that emotional outburst. Sarah from Traverse City asked a question yesterday. Not the mm -hmm. Sarah you know, but someone you will meet next time. She said, um, um, can you please tell Sokas on that? I watched today's episode that was yesterday and it resonated with me. My question is, how do you turn energy, enlightenment, the way or feelings on and off? He wanted to be stumped. Does that help? What? He wanted to be, he wanted a stumper question. What was the question? So, um, how do you turn energy, enlightenment, the way, or feelings on and off? How do you turn enlightenment off? Or energy or feelings? On and off? Hmm. I don't know. Did she stump me? <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. Okay. Does she know? I don't know. Hmm. <laughs> Let me know. Okay, find out. Doesn't seem to be a switch. So. It doesn't, it's not that the self-centered mind doesn't sense that and want to shut things off or turn it off, or, but, but you miss your life. You're, you're interfering with dependent origination. You're interfering with a basic teaching of the Buddha when he, when he stepped out of the, out of his, after he had his glass of milk uh, under the bow tree. Everything is dependently risen. There's no separate beings anywhere. Everywhere he looks, he sees the Buddha. Everywhere he looks, he, he sees the enlightened one. So there's nothing to... You might be able to work on that. I highly recommend that you look at that situation for. How old is she? Can you guess? Uh, maybe thirty. How long has she been? How long, how long has she been meditating? Um, she came to the four-hour sit um, oh, a couple sick. years ago, and then she had a tough time for a while. But she's going to come back. Oh, so she still sits, or? I'm not sure. Well, is she watching? She did yesterday. Oh. Well, if you're watching. Um, meditate a lot. Mm -hmm. Get back to me in a couple of years. <clears throat> Do a lot of four-hour blockets, and then ask me that question again. It's pretty straightforward. It's not even a trick answer. Thank you so much. We'll stand and dedicate the mayor to the back of our chancels. I'd like to remind everybody about the donation boxes in the hallway. We are totally appreciative and depend upon your financial support. Please help as much as you can when you can. Thank you. Yeah.
has penetrated into all places, so that we and every sentient being together can realize the Buddha's way. Directions, the three worlds, all Buddhas, all venerable ones, Bodhisattvas, Mahasattvas, the great Prajna, Paramita. O Buddhas and Bodhisattvas, the ten directions of the three times, please hear us. Please come down out of the light and protect us over both you Buddhist temple monks, our Sangha, families, friends, and visitors. Heal everyone who's unhappy, sick, or suffering. 